نستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولا تسعر خدك للناس ولا تمشي في الأرض مرحا إن الله لا يحب كل مختال فخور واقصد في مشيك واغضض من صوتك إن أنكر الأصوات لصوت الحمير رب الشحل صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله اللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين um, There's a few things that I intend to share with you in today's khutbah and I hope that I'm able to keep the organization of thought and coherence of what I'm trying to share with you so that you're able to take the most uh, that I can offer you in what I've come to acquire of these ayat of Surah Luqman. We're coming to the end of the advice that uh, the father was giving his son. And last time I spoke with you about pride, an empty pride that's rooted in hollowness. And that came from the word fakhr. And we, we dug into the word, uh, you know, khayal or muhtal, uh, where Allah says he doesn't love Anybody who, ha- who is muhtal and fakhur. fakhur. But there's another side of that that's really important because you would think if someone doesn't have pride, then they have to have humility, right? And that's the other, the other end of it. And we would think that humility is a noteworthy or a good quality. But humility also has a limit. So we have to be humble to Allah. So that, that's important. We have to be humble to our own mistakes and our own limitations. That's also important. But then when humility is gone unchecked, then it turns into a kind of weakness and cowardice. So what happens then is someone becomes more humble than they need to be. So if I ask somebody to, hey, can you, can you give the adhan? No, who am I to give the adhan? I couldn't possibly give the adhan. I am a you know, weak servant of Allah, and this is the member of the masjid, etc. Wait, hold on, chill out, you can give the adhan. You can, you, and so when people become overly humble, then they start beating themselves up, like they're worthless or they're nothing. Yes, before Allah, we are His slaves. But you know what? Our master declared that we're not worthless. He declared that we're worthy of honor. So we don't get to you know, humiliate ourselves in the name of humility. It's also not okay to humble yourself. You know, I have to humble myself in front of my teachers, in front of my parents. I have to humble myself before people that know more than I do. That's just a fact of life. But humbling yourself before someone and being in awe of them as if you are almost worshipping them is another problem. So you can have people in different religions and sometimes even in Islam where we love a scholar. We love someone that we've learned from, right? And we love for, the, uh, for the, the decades that they've spent in studying the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Or the, the, you know, the, the half a century they've spent studying and teaching the Qur'an. And these are scholars of remarkable gravity. And you, know, you feel intimidated even in their presence with just the amount of work that they've put in to serve Allah's deen, right? And there's a, there's a humility and a respect that we have for them. But that doesn't mean that when you're in their presence, you have to walk halfway in rukur, And you have to... 
you know, act like you're not yourself. Humility means we give them the respect and the honor that they deserve, but we don't turn this into an artificial kind of reverence, a reverence that only belongs to Allah and His Messenger It's hard to imagine that a companion that has been that has been guaranteed Jannah, like Umar anhu, right? And a leader of the Muslims. You would imagine that the Ummah at the time is going to have reverence and humility towards Umar anhu because of who he is. Right? We don't even say their names without saying radiallahu anhum waradu anhu. Right? So we say those words because we have a respect and a regard for that remarkable generation. But even Umar radiallahu anhu is giving a, a khutbah and he's wearing a cloak. And somebody in the audience during the khutbah notices that that cloak is a little longer than all the other soldiers that received a cloak. So they question him right away, even in the midst of the khutbah. They question him on it because while humility to each other, which is something Allah describes in the Quran, and then he says, They are true believers, are humbled. Almost humility, powerless before each other, before believers, other believers. What that means is, we, we don't try to intimidate each other. We don't try to make someone feel less worth less than ourselves. But humility doesn't also mean that you make yourself feel like you're worthless in front of someone else. You don't have to put yourself down. You can, you can stand straight. You can speak upright. You don't have to you know, make a meek sort of voice because you're in the presence of someone very... You know, uh, who's a big deal? So you don't have to do that. You can just be yourself. So you don't have to be arrogant on the one side, and you don't have to be so humble that it's weakness on the other side. Look at, you know, when someone says, Who am I? I'm nothing. I'm nobody. When you start doing that, I'm nothing and nobody mantra, then it turns into a, uh, a denial of the favor Allah has given you. Allah may have given you an ability. You don't have to be arrogant about it, but you don't have to be in denial of it either. Yusuf السلام, when he comes out of jail, right, he's humbled by the circumstances that Allah has put him in over and over again. And yet he's an extremely confident person. Because when the king sees a dream and he says, you know, what does this dream mean? He didn't just interpret the dream. He told them what they need to do for the next 15 years. 14 years and then one. That's what he told them to do, like a, an economic plan Sitting in a jail, a jail inmate, look at the reality of it, a jail inmate telling the leader of a country what to, how to run the nation for the next decade and a half, right? And then not only did that confidence come out, even he wasn't even in any position, he was still in the jail cell when he said it. And then when he comes before the king, and the king is so impressed with what he's saying, and he, he could tell deep down inside that what Yusuf is saying is the right thing, what does he do immediately? He's, he makes a proclamation, says, put, put me in charge of the treasury of the land of Egypt. He's got, there's ministers that have served in the finance committee for 30 years. There are seasoned politicians and bureaucrats and you know, uh, scholars that are in that audience. And what's his resume? He was a slave, he's a foreigner, and then a slave, and then an inmate in a jail cell, an accused inmate. That's his resume. And he comes out of that, instead of thinking, these people are so much more qualified than I am, should I really open my mouth? Should I, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to say? He's not even preaching about Allah at this point. What's he saying? I'm telling you what needs to be done, and I look around the room, and I see a lot of PhDs, but I'm telling you they don't know what they're talking about. And I know what I'm talking about, I'm not being arrogant about it.
And so I'm going to tell you that you need to play, if you know what's best for this country, you need to place me in charge. And then he didn't just say place me in charge because I'm better. He says because he gave two qualifications for himself, Hafizun Amin. He says, one, I will safeguard this duty, meaning I can be trusted with this responsibility, you know, and I'm, I, and I'm trustworthy. So he, he actually highlighted qualities of himself that Allah has given him. It's not like, oh wow, somebody's praising themselves, they're tooting their own horn, like they're describing their own good qualities. What is that? That's arrogance. No, it's not. In some cases, that's not arrogance. When you think you're the right person for the job, and when you go for an interview, you don't, you're not humble. You say, I think I'm the best person for this job. And here's why. You have to demonstrate confidence. You have to put what Allah has given you to work. The, the previous ayah was really important because there are people that demonstrate themselves to the world in a way that is empty, like the fakhar, like the empty pot, right? Like the tree, that's the nakhla, that's fakhar. That it looks impressive, but there's no dates growing on it because the leaves are dead. Those are people that act very confident, talk big, they can self-promote, but there's no substance. There's nothing there. But on the flip side, there's people that say, well, I've, I don't want to be one of those people, so I won't say anything at all. No, you will still speak up. You don't have to sing songs of your, of your own praise, but you have to speak up for the gifts Allah has given you when the time comes. And that's what this next ayah really is about. Luqman tells his son in the final ayah of advice that Allah recorded in Surah Luqman, he said, waqsid fi mashiyak. I love this phrase. Simple translation says, be balanced in your walk. That's what the phrase means. It seems like simple enough. What's, what's the big deal? What's the depth inside be balanced in your walk? There's a few things. Scholars would describe the qasd is as not too fast uh, and not too slow. So the first meaning is don't walk too fast and don't walk too slow. Be, have a medium pace when you walk. So it's physically describing the way a person should walk, right? So now when they're walking, when, when someone's walking too fast or literally when they're running, they can stumble, right? And when a person's walking too slow, that means they have no sense of urgency. They have nowhere to go and they're just kind of chilling and taking strolling steps. Have purposefulness and have a balance in your walk. Now the word qasada also means purpose. Uh, so qasada in Arabic is the same as i'tamada or amma even, which, which in Arabic means to have the intention. In other words, every time you walk, you need to be clear. What does it mean walk? It doesn't mean get up from the couch and go to the fridge. That's not what we're talking about. Every time you go somewhere, every time you take an action, every time you get up to do something, something serious, every time you get in the car, every time you leave your home, every time you take up a project, every time you decide to take, spend some hours doing something, have clear purpose. Have purpose over everything that you do. What is it, what is it that you're going for? Is there a clear agenda in your mind? That's actually qasd. It's really interesting contrast from the previous ayah where a person is all over the place. Right? They're just, they're just all over the place. That's a direct contrast from that. Don't walk around on the earth aimlessly, with pride. Just going from one activity to another with no, with no clarity of what you're doing with your day. A day, you know what happens? You, you will have... Uh, a person spend a certain kind of day, right? They're, they're watching, they're, they're glued on their phone, or, or they're going to, go to eat something, then they take a nap, and then they go, you know, uh, one, one lame activity to another, for example, right? With some necessities in between. 
And they're like, oh, I really want to travel somewhere. I really want to go hang out with my friends. Okay, then they go with their friends and they do exactly the same things they were doing on their own, but now together. <laughs> and then they say, I want to travel to a different city. And they go to a different city and they're still on their phone. And they're still, they're 24 hours. It's like different background, but the same play. It's the same thing over and over. There was no change. There was, it's like you're stuck in place. You traveled, but didn't travel at all. You moved, but didn't move at all. So sometimes you're walking, but you're still in place is what, you know, in a, in a very beautiful poetic sense is being said. When you walk, that means that you covered a distance, which means you're not where you used to be. So when you have a purpose in your, in your walk, then you're, if my purpose is to get all the way to that side, and the more I walk, the more I can tell I've made progress from where I was. Be purposeful means you should be able to tell that you're making progress and you're not repeating the same behaviors over and over again. There's actually some progress. And you can gauge that for yourself. It's interesting also, just wanted to share some meanings of the word qasd for you. That, that's really epic. Safarun qasid, it's used in Surah At-Tawbah. لَوْ كَانَ سَفَرًا قَاسِدًا you know, In Surah Tawbah, Allah says about uh, the army, we won't go into that story, but I'll tell you, had it been a journey that was qasid, use the word qasid to describe the journey, safar, right? Now, what does that the word qasid there mean? Sahlun qarib, it means a journey that was easy and the destination was nearby. So what is Allah saying, that, what, what is Allah recording on the tongue of Luqman that's so valuable? If we take note of that meaning of qasid, it actually is that sometimes you set a goal, like I'm going to memorize the whole Qur'an. It's a little big, that goal, a little, little bit too big. So when you take on a really big goal, then when you look at it, and you go to grab the mushaf, and you're like, well, that's a lot of pages. Okay, I'll, I think I'll start tomorrow. Because you get intimidated, because you set a goal that's so big, that you feel like even if you take a single step, it won't matter. So what if I memorized it? <laughs> Look at how much I didn't memorize. Right? For, uh, for uh, someone who just starts running, right? They can run 20 steps and go... <sighs> and they're like, okay, from here to the end of the block. And they're looking at the end of the block and they're like, there's just no way. I can't do this. Okay, don't look at the end of the block. Just look at the, the next 10 steps. You see that flower over there? That, that, that bush over there? Just up to that bush. I'm like, oh, I think I could do this. And they get there. Now just, you see that little fence over there? Right there. 10 feet away. Just get to that. And you know what? When you, when you, sh when you have shorter goals, easier goals, then before the person knows it, they finish the entire block. They finish the entire block. There's actually studies on this in psychology. Marathon runners, some of the most successful marathon runners in the world that have traveled, that have run literally dozens of hundreds, sometimes dozens upon dozens of miles continuously without taking a break. And you ask them their secret, they're like, they don't look too far ahead. They just look enough that they could see a small goal and then they fixate themselves on the next small thing and the next small thing and the next small thing. Why? You can have a big goal, but you cannot ever achieve it if you don't have waqsid fi mashiyak. Clear agenda every time you take a step. Clear, attainable goal. This is all I'm focused on. What happens often for a student, for example? A student, let's because I'm teaching nowadays, I'm teaching Arabic. So I'll give you an Arabic student example. I'm teaching one concept. I'm teaching one thing. And the student says, but 
I was reading an ayah and it's, there's so much more to it than what you just taught us. Well, how are we going to remember everything? What are we going to do? There's so much Arabic. Hold on. Just this step. Your goal right now is to not look at the rest of the ocean. Your goal right now is to just sit on that little boogie board and take one stroke. You're not asked to cross the Atlantic Ocean. You're just being asked to get used to, you know, standing in the water for a little bit. Then we'll take another little step. Then another little step. That's waqsid fi mashiq. Tangible goals that you can actually achieve. That's what a day is about. That's, what, that's how a person has to think. Because one, sometimes people don't have a goal at all. They don't have a goal at all. Or two, they have such a big goal and they never divide it, slice it up into smaller goals. You have to slice it up into smaller goals and that's captured inside waqsid fi mashiq. A purposeful intent. And when you have that, then every single day, it's like you accomplished a mission. Right? Even though you didn't accomplish the goal, you know, even for athletes or people that are studying or people that are memorizing Qur'an, they didn't finish memorizing the Qur'an in a day. Or maybe that day the ayah was really hard. They couldn't even do a page of the Qur'an. They could do one line of the Qur'an that day. It's possible. But you know what? They made that progress that day. So that day was a success. That day, they accomplished their goal that day. And if they died that day, they died successful. Right? A person will have nothing to their advantage except the efforts they made. What did, you, what did you try to do? That's it. That's all we're going to be asked about. So he's teaching his son a very powerful lesson. Look, have goals, be clear about them, and then take steps. That's the other embedded meaning inside, you know, uh, in your walk. In other words, goals aren't going to come to you. You're going to have to go to them. We've become so, so used to getting delivery, right? If I, and, and then advertising does, feeds that too. You know, watch this or do this for three minutes a day and you're going to da-da-da-da-da. Or just, you know, do this and then you'll get this and you'll get this. So we're just, that means, and, and by the way, the more they try to sell you a product, the more there is, there's no effort required on your part, it'll do all the work for you, right? And the reality of life, is that nothing will come your way until you take the steps, until you make the effort, until you brave. The famous saying that's in so many cultures, a thousand miles start with a single step. That's waqsid fi mashiq. But what else does that, it has other impacts. When you have a goal like that, like every day you have a particular goal, then other distractions have to be put on the side. No, I can't play video games right now, I gotta get this done. No, there's no time for me to watch a movie right now. I gotta get this done. Hey, listen, I'll text you later. I gotta get this done. I have a goal. You understand? So you don't have marah anymore. You're not jumping from one thing to the next and next. And what do you want to do now? No, what are we gonna do? You're not running aimlessly in life. You actually have something to fill your hours with, your minutes with. And once you accomplish that, then you can reward yourself and take a break. Great. But you at least feel like that day was a success. That day I accomplished something. And when you do that, when you do, that's the, this is the last part of this, this, at least this ayah. Where does confidence come from? Confidence doesn't just come from, you know, uh, well, you have to be brave and you have to not be nervous and intimidated by other people. No, no, no. Confidence comes when you have a purpose and you're accomplishing that purpose. You're so focused on your goal that people, other people become invisible. You ever see a child that's building Legos? 
Like the universe stops existing because they've got a goal. They're just building it, building it, building it. Empires around them can rise and fall. They're still building it. Because they, they're not looking at what anybody else is doing. When you are clear about your goals, then other people and how well they're moving forward or they're not moving forward or whatever else they're doing, all of that becomes irrelevant. All of that just disappears from your mind. And when that happens, what is confidence? Confidence means you're sure of what you're doing. You find meaning in what you're doing. You don't need to prove yourself to anybody. You, don't have, you, don't have, you have nothing to prove because you already have a goal. You're working towards that. And when somebody else comes and says, by the way, I know some people that have the same goal, they're way better than you. Good for them. Thanks, bye. And you keep, keep working on what you're doing. Because you're too focused. You have a, when, when someone is, has qasd in their mashiq, when they have a goal and a, a, a direction, a purpose in their walk, you know what that means? Then they're not looking this way or that way because they're focused on what they got to look at. That means you're not, you just stop being distracted by what others are doing. And you don't need to tell, hey, by the way, guess what I'm doing? You don't need validation by announcing what you're doing because what you do has so much meaning to you. It, 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 you don't need somebody else to give you a like or throw you a mashallah or throw you, wow, that's amazing. And now finally you feel like you're doing something. You don't. You don't need it. That's confidence. That's, that's not being shallow. And this is why the logical connection, just appreciate that logical connection. What does Allah say? وَقْصِدْ فِي مَشْيِكِ Lower your voice. Lower a part of your voice. This is a remarkable phrase. What does it have to do with walking with purpose? When does someone raise their voice? Someone raises their voice because they want attention. Someone raises their voice because they want other people to listen to them. And stop what they're doing. But when you're clear about what you're doing, you don't need to overpower anybody else's voice. And when you really have purpose in life, when you really have purpose every day, then anybody who wants to benefit from your purpose, you don't have to scream loud and you know, out loud to get their attention. They'll come to you. They'll say, wait, I'm too far away from them. I can't hear what they're saying. I'll go closer to them. You don't have to raise your voice to get to them. They'll just come to you. This is a philosophy of even entrepreneurship, of projects. Some of you want to start Islamic projects, want to start something new, right? And there's, there's, a, there's a principle behind it. Here, we're learning a principle in life and of the things you're going to do in your life. You know, we're living in the advertising world, right? So people are like, how are we going to advertise this new product? How are we going to advertise our new da'wah program? How are we going to advertise this new Islamic book that you know, we wrote? How are we going to get the word out there? We have to scream loud and clear from every corner before we can, you know. And you know what? The new world, the new ad world of advertising is about endorsements, right? Get an athlete to endorse this shoe, right? Or get some celebrity to say, this, this is the book you want to read, right? So it's all about other people who have accomplished something are now validating what you're hoping people will like because they like them. In other words, the service, the product, the venture, whatever it is, it cannot stand on its own feet. It needs the attention of someone else making it valid. On its own, it's not strong enough. Not enough people are benefiting from it. You know why? Because your, your concern is still people and how loud you are and that you're still looking around. You're still not focused on your goal. When you're focused on your goal, whether one person benefits from it or a million people benefit from it, it doesn't phase you because that wasn't your purpose. Your purpose was to accomplish something meaningful. 
And that is where sincerity also comes from. That's where not being a fake person comes from. Because the people that are fake that we talked about last time are so concerned about what? Everyone else. And the people that are real and the people that are legit in their life are people that have a goal in front of them and they don't dissuade themselves. Nothing distracts them from their goal. And those are the people that I would argue Allah gives qubul to. Allah gives acceptance to them. Because they show Allah sincerity in whatever they do, then people's hearts gravitate towards them anyway. They didn't have to cry and get attention from everyone. Their, their work, their contribution, their effort spoke for itself. And when someone comes on board and says, hey, I want to take a part in what you're doing, well and good. And if nobody came, well and good. I'm reminded of uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in, uh, in, uh, in Surah Tabuk, uh, in Surah Tawbah, in the Battle of Tabuk rather, where Rasulullah you know, they were passing through a valley and the army ran away from the Prophet because the archers started shooting at the entire military battalion from above, right? And Allah revealed in the surah, If you don't aid him, Allah has already aided him. You think he needs you to be the valid messenger of Allah? Unless the Muslim army is there standing next to him, defending him. And if they're not, then he has failed in some way. If you don't benefit from what he has to offer, and if you don't aid his mission, he doesn't need that aid anyway. You need to aid him for yourself. Allah has already aided him. This is in Tawbah. Makkah has already been conquered. So the majority of the region is already Muslim, right? And the Muslim army has never been bigger. They've never been bigger. But now there's a skirmish and there's archers literally sniper fire from the top. And they're, they're broken up and the Prophet ﷺ is left on the battlefield. And he stands alone saying, I am a Prophet, there's no lie. I am the Prophet, no lie. I am the son of Abdul Muttalib. He stands on, the, he's announcing himself. When there's fire coming your way, you don't announce yourself. He's basically standing there saying, bring it, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's what he's doing. And what did Allah say in that ayah? He said, if you don't aid him, Allah already has. إِذْ أَخْرَجَهُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا ثَانِيَ اثْنَيْنِ إِذْ هُمَا فِي الْغَارِ إِذْ يَقُولُ لِصَاحِبِهِ لَا تَحْزَنِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَنَا He says, you think this is the first time he was alone? When the people of Makkah expelled him, way before all of you became Muslim, way before رَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجَ Way when the Meccans expelled him, when he and his companion were hiding in the cave, when he turned to his companion and said, don't worry, Allah is with us. You think this is the first time I've helped him? That's the, the, what's the mentality being taught to the Muslim? Our, the strength of what we do doesn't come from the validation or the support of people. The strength of what we do comes from the acceptance of Allah the aid of Allah, and the clarity of our purpose. And Allah's help comes to the mukhlasin and the mukhlisin, the people who are sincere, who are pure in their purpose, who are clear in their purpose. This is a really heavy lesson. وَقْصِدْ فِي مَشِيكَ وَغْضُبْ مِنْ Lower your voice. You don't have to broadcast what you're doing. People that build, they build. You know, some of, it's interesting, right? You guys see this in life. You, when you were in high school, some of you are going to be in high school, and some of you are in high school, but when you are in high school, and you have kids that are very loud and obnoxious and outgoing and partying, and they're like, 
in, almost intimidating to be around. You're like, I'm hoping they don't pick on me. And they're, they're like the stars of the school. Like they're the ones who stick out, right? And then there's the quiet, nerdy ones that are like just studying, studying, studying. And they're not really, they're, they're almost invisible. Fast forward 10 years, right? Who's serving fries at a restaurant? And who's, who owns 10 restaurants, right? You see what happens? The people that were clear, even the students that were clear about their studies, they were clear about a goal. They end up meet, meet, getting somewhere. And they didn't have to raise their voice. They didn't have to raise their voice to get there. They, they got there. And then there are people who are very loud and seemed like they were the, 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 you know, the people to emulate, the people to be like, what did they accomplish in life? Where did they get with their life? There's a few other things, inshallah, we'll learn about this ayat in, uh, in next week's khutbah. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim. Manafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikri al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa'a wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazhi nastafa. Khususan ala afdalihim wa khatam al-nabiyyin, Muhammadin al-Amin, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Qala Allahu azza wa jal fi kitabihi al-kareem. بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر الله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا